0: up witches and welcome to witch space i'm gemini and i'm scorpio and today's book
1: is mercury in retrograde and the other ways the stars can teach you to live your truth find your power and hear the call of the universe probably the shortest title that we've ever had during a (laughs) new moon new book (laughs) yeah super short it's by rachel stewart haas came out in 2021 New books. New books, man. This is where we're going. So she's a professional artist and astrologer. So that's where she's coming from. So not a witch, but just like young. Yeah. Sometimes people who aren't witches influence witches the most. I'm going to say something before I even go into the book. I'm going to say this about the book. Yes, ma'am. So we know Gemini is Miss Astrology. She loves it all. (laughs) She knows it all. And I just sit back and go... Gemini, just tell me some shit because I am not going to, like, get into this. Mm -hmm. To me, this is the beginner book for people who are, like, on the fence. If you're like, I don't think I'm going to be an astrology witch. I don't know if I'm interested. This is it because this book made me want to do it for, like, maybe a day after (laughs) I finished reading it. And then after that, I was like, Uh but Gemini's still in my life. Like, I could, right, go through it all or I could just, but here's the thing even if you're not interested in astrology. So you did my birth chart. You told me like amazing things about the birth chart. But having read this book, if we were doing it Mm -hmm. now, I would have specific questions for you based on different things. So again, I think this is a book that every witch should have, whether you're into astrology or not. And um, I don't think it's for a friend. Like if you're like, oh, I want to find a book for somebody who's into astrology. I wouldn't give this to Gemini. Gemini knows this stuff. So I kind of wanted to take this new book, uh, New Moon, new book, to let's talk about the book. And then I'm also going to ask you questions, not about my specific birth chart, but just about like stuff in
0: general. So I don't think I even have a copy of your birth chart anymore. So you could ask me and I would be like. I feel like this is something you need to have on file forever. So I agree. But the problem is, is when we did your birth chart. It, we were online for Oddities Market with another Scorpio from space, and I made you input your information without me looking at it, so I wouldn't know what year you were born. Yeah. So I don't, like, I have files. I, I'm a creep. I have files on people where I, like, have a spreadsheet where I put in, like, your birthday, your date of birth, where you were born, etc., cetera, et cetera. I don't have you in it because I don't know what year you're born. <laughs> Okay, so I know
1: people probably think that this is a joke that I don't like telling her. Like, it's not. No, it's for anything. real. It's for real. <laughs> so everybody in which space knows my birth date, my birth year, um, and I'm going to say something to somebody else who knows now is going to make Gemini cuckoo. So a couple of a week ago, something like that, I was just having a chat online. We were zooming, me and my pal Monica Bodirsky. <laughs> And we were talking and I said to her, well, Monica that- knows what
0: year you're born and <laughs> yes. I don't.
1: That's fucked up. That's uh, fucked up. But Monica. But mo- <laughs> she's not going to tell, tell you. me. She's she's a goth witch. She's my tribe. She's not going to tell you. Plus. We just think this. it's, I just think it's funny how much you want to know because it's so not a big deal, but it just is because you want to know so
0: badly. And that's what makes it Because like on the one hand, I like the not, it's like a fun vibe because I'm like, you're right. 400 years old. Like, I don't need to know what year you're born. But on the other hand, it does make doing your birth chart incredibly difficult. I know.
1: Anyway, speaking of birth charts, that's actually a good segue. <laughs> yes. Because the first thing that we see in the book is a blank birth chart for you to fill in.
0: And I got to tell you, I love that. Yep. I love that. That is, I mean, I don't think it's easy to fill in the circle chart, right? Like I, that is a difficult thing to do. Um, But the fact that there's like a little chart where you can put all of your information, this is where my planets are, this is my houses, the nodes are even included, which we'll talk about later, but that's, that was a big deal for me. That's great because then this book is now not just like, here's a resource, it's here's your resource. Right? Like, here's your birth chart that you can... Like, this book is you, instead of just information.
1: And she does say, you should have your birth chart, because there are no separate exercises. The chapters are the exercises, and... Yeah, you just need to, like, have your birth chart so you can answer certain things. You don't have to. If you're like, I just want to read this book for information, you can. But if you're like, hey, I'd like to know some stuff, then yes, you can go online. You don't have to use the book. You can print out your birth chart. And then as she talks about things, you can go through your chart and you can look at it. Now, I'm not going to lie. Before somebody asks or, you know, people are thinking, so why did you choose this book on astrology? And yes, I chose it, not Gemini. Because it said in the title, Mercury in Retrograde. And we've always had this joke that I'm just like, don't care about Mercury Retrograde, like I'm ignoring yes. it and all that. So when I saw that, I said, oh, this is a book on Mercury Retrograde. No, it's a book about a lot more, and I'm glad that I yeah. picked it out, but that was the reason. It was just in the title. It's also a small book, but it's a hardcover book, and we were talking about how we love hardcover books, so that kind of just sold me.
0: Can we have a minute about that, actually? Wow. I love hardcover books. Oh. Yeah. It is so satisfying when we read a book for this podcast and it's like, like a nice hefty book. Um, I feel like sometimes in like the witch publishing space, it's like not, I feel like people don't think it's worth it to publish hardcover books. So you get a lot of softcover books because it's probably cheaper. But like, this is nice. This like would hold up in my bag. I want more hardcover books.
1: I think especially with witch books, I almost wish that publishers would ask people, like, who Mm -hmm. would buy a hardcover book of blank, right? Even if it's a workbook. Like, we talk about books that have been so influential to people. Like, if somebody said to me, what would you want? I'm like, I want Buckland's Big Blue. I would love that in a hardcover book, even though I'm not using it. But it was so instrumental for me that I would like that. The Witch's Bible Complete by the Ferrars. I would like a really nice hardcover book because I have it. I will go back to it and I'm always nervous that I'm, I mean, obviously I can get another copy, but like, it's just nice to know, like you can have certain books in hardcover. I almost feel yeah. like that should be a thing they should ask witches. Cause I think there are some texts that people would say, this definitely should be a hardcover for me now. I don't yeah. know.
0: Um, no, I agree with you completely. Yeah.
1: So her intro says that astrology works. The only issue is nobody knows how, and I'm not going to say nobody knows how Gemini knows how, <laughs> but I think for most of us, like, people are just like, oh, you know, what are your three? You know, where's what's your moon? What's your this? What's your that? And, yeah. you know, I play along and I'll talk to people about it. But I, I kind of get the feeling like, yeah, people don't really know how. So we're going to start with a quote because I know we started already. But yes, I, ma'am, I got to get my quote in there. So right from the intro. Astrology is not a religion, nor is it any sort of witchcraft. It's the study of the planet, stars, seasons, asteroids and comets. The planets are affecting you right now, whether you are aware
0: of it or not. Yes. <laughs> okay. But. I guess for me, and, and when you read that quote, it brings me to another quote in that chapter, in that introduction of, um, you know, listing out all of the different, like, studies. Like, oh, this Swiss sleep study found that during the full moon, this activity changes and blah, blah, blah. And that for me, I find astrology really quickly gets caught up into like the scientification of um, the spiritual. And I have, I'm a scientist. I'm a science minded person. Like I love science, but I do think that treating astrology like a spiritual practice and less like a science, I think is a healthier way to approach astrology. So I don't always love when people are like, oh, yeah, you know, this is just really scientific. It's just studying how the planets work. Because, like, yes, we can look at a sleep study and say your brain waves do change during the full moon. But could that not be a spiritual manifestation instead of, like, a gravitational one?
1: Okay. And me, who is not the science person, I kind of feel otherwise. And I'll tell you why. We've had conversations on the podcast on like, well, how Wiccans see the Greek gods, right? Versus somebody who is reconstructing Hellenismos and all that. It's going to be really different. My fear is if we talk about astrology as a spiritual manifestation or religion, then we're going to have that. We're going to have those people that go, oh, that's not what that means.
0: Because if you look at it from this
1: perspective, do you know what I mean?
0: Not to burst your bubble, but we're going to do that with this book. okay. (laughs) <laughs> i actually have already prepared really for specific for for one specific section of the book yeah
1: okay but do you see what i'm saying though like this idea yes, that absolutely there have to be rules and 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 we have them now when it comes to things that are not necessarily religious like when you think about divination you know it's spiritual yes religion i don't know but i feel like if we get too loose with things then how accurate yeah. are your readings you know how accurate is that's my only thing
0: well and i I hate giving my husband all this credit because it goes to his ego, but, you know, he said physics is a description of reality, not a something something like astrology is a description. It's not an explanation. And that I think is really important. Because a lot of people look at, like, their horoscope and are like, oh, well, I shouldn't do, you know, oh, Mercury's in retrograde. And, you you know, the name of the book, Mercury's in retrograde. I shouldn't talk to people. And it's like, no, this is just telling you, like, what the vibes are. Here's the energy around you. This is a description. You are still completely in control. And I do think, not to jump, but I do think she does a a very good job of discussing retrogrades in, like, a non-threatening way in this book. Um, because, you know, and I've, like, I have a, a woman who I work with who, like, whenever something goes wrong will be like, oh, what, what planets are bad? And, like, I love that joke. But also, are we taking that seriously? Is every time something goes bad, oh, the planets are bad, that's why? Or did you just fuck up? Right. And I also so think. So it's, there's a so much wiggle room. there's It's so complicated. I don't even know.
1: And that's the other thing with astrology. You just said it people like to blame things on the stars, right? Yeah. Like this was happening to me. No, maybe you did something really stupid. And then these are just the natural occurrences that's going to happen. If you do you do X, Y yeah. is going to happen. And, you know, that's just exactly it. Yeah. So uh, chapter one, covering the basics. So she talks about the planets, signs of the zodiac, elements, um, and houses. So I don't know where you want to to go with that
0: i think that it is a very solid basics chapter especially for somebody who is not into astrology i think she does a great job um, i like the way that she writes specifically where it's like very chill it's like talking to a friend yeah. so i think it makes it easier to understand some of these concepts for me i like I, and we read you know stephen arroyo's chart interpretation which i think gives everybody a vibe of like what kind of astrologer I am I like to spend more time on like the elements and the modalities and try to really like dig down into conceptually what's going on Um, I think this is much easier to digest personally I think like this makes more sense for somebody who knows nothing except
1: for the book that we read on the podcast I like the way she described the planets right the sun where we need to shine the moon feelings emotions like I I think we know that but do we know that? Does that make sense? And
0: even I always hesitate to be like, I'm an astrologer, especially because like we have Kana Moore on the podcast all the time. And she like is a professional, right? She does like her own little astrology corner. She is constantly up to date. And I'm sort of like, I looked at stars a week ago. Like, I, I think I know what's going on. But as somebody who is definitely passionate about astrology, I still look stuff up sometimes yeah especially like when we talk about the houses i have a little chart that i keep in my screenshots folder that is just you know what what are each how what does each house represent because it can be a lot of information so to have this and have a really great like easy to digest description of the different houses yeah super useful like i'm i'm maybe like intermediate at astrology, and I still need this resource, so I can't imagine somebody starting out is going to be able to look at the houses and be like, Oh yes, I remember all of this. Right. Um Okay, so,
1: me being me, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mostly looked at the things that pertain to me. <laughs> well, and I think that's sort of the point of the book. So, I'm like, oh, I like that she said Scorpio create and destroy. The phoenix is a better symbol. And... yeah, I really... Like, I loved that, and I've always loved a phoenix. Like, there's this whole idea of, like... Oh,
0: so are you getting a phoenix tattoo?
1: I don't know. I'm not done with the flowers yet. I have to do flowers. True.
0: (laughs) I'm in my flowers I love... Hey, you could get, like, phoenix and flowers. We could do a a combo. Ooh, like, the phoenix is lighting the flowers on fire. Okay, I'd have to see that, because I can't, like... I can make it work mentally. I've got it. Okay, so apparently...
1: (laughs) Gemini's designing my next tattoo. Um, so the first question I had is on page twenty-four. And it's not so much a yes, question ma'am. as after I read about the ascendants and descendants, I was like, does Gemini want to talk about it a little
0: bit more? Ooh, yeah, I would love to. Especially because really I don't think anybody talks about the descendant. Um that's that's exaggeratory. We really focus on the ascendant, the rising sign because mm-hmm. It is such a – it's it's you, right? Your first house is your identity, so it's very important. But the descendant is just as important. So why do you think we don't talk about it? No, that's a great question. I think two main reasons. One, we're all – we love to talk about ourselves. (laughs) Like, step one, we like to talk about ourselves. But two, I always see the ascendant-descendant – as sort of like the Aries-Libra axis, the like individual versus the partnership, right? Who are you on your own and who are you with others? And I think a lot of times we're like, especially the kind of person who's using this book is coming to astrology as a personal roadmap, as a uh, psychological exercise, as a therapeutic tool. So it's, it's about you, it's, ne- you know, really, you're not coming to this being like, oh, well, how can I, sometimes you come to astrology in like a, who am I compatible with way, but never in like a how can I deepen my connection, um, sort of descendant wise way? What is my partnership way? How do I, how do I interact with others way? Um, and I also think, you know, the rising sign sets up the whole chart, what your rising sign is in your first house is now going to dictate what every other sign is. So it's not, it's not inappropriate by any means to focus so heavily on the Ascendant, especially if you're not super into astrology, like, don't worry about it. But everyone, you know, the Descendant, like, deserves a minute, deserves a moment to be like, hey, I'm important too. The houses, I mean, I think it was just pretty self-explanatory. She goes over all of
1: them, understanding the transits, right, right? What's happening at the sky at any particular time, you know, and that's where, like, you come in saying, like, yeah, it's okay to know a birth chart, but, like, what's happening if you know what's happening in what transits are happening at
0: that moment. Um, And I do like this chapter, especially also as a science person, because it's, like, this is, like, sneaky Earth science, or, like, mm. Earth and universe vibes. It's, like, sneaky Earth and universe, like, oh, this is how uh, Mercury moves, right? This is this is how jupiter moves this is how long these things go around the sun these are like some degree um relationships like i think that's just just like nice information to have it just makes you a little smarter just put that in your back pocket for like a conversation
1: okay <laughs> uh, and then that was chapter two was chances chapter three is the planets in the houses
0: this is a great chapter This is a great chapter as a person who does astrology, because this would be so useful if I'm like reading somebody's birth chart very quickly. Um, And I do this all the time. People will text me and be like, oh, can you read so-and-so's birth chart? And I'm like, yeah, okay, well, I could just grab this book and go to each house and just be like, here you go. Um, It's not deep, right? Like it's not deep and that's okay. It's great if you have no idea what's going on, right? If you are like, oh, well, I have, like, "Mm, I have me. Let's do this. Saturn in my second house. Saturn in my second house? Saturn in my first house. I have Saturn in my first house. And so I can read. (laughs) Oh, you age in reverse. That's true, though. I am an old woman. Um, You're ambitious and responsible, but also cautious and full of fear. You project wisdom and skill regardless of your level of expertise. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's I feel like that tracks so it's nice to be able to go oh I know where my planets are I'm gonna just look that up real quick I don't know where my where anything is so I can't add to that I know I wish I had your birth chart right now but like it's it's super useful chapter four is the eclipses right and I like that she compared it to a colonic here's where we're gonna talk about how astrology actually is kind of a religion here okay hit me because this is going to be good because i was like this book is very clearly modern astrology Mm -hmm. um which is a completely valid form of interpretation and i am not knocking it at all i typically read in a hellenistic astrology lens lens hellenistic astrology lens which i think tracks because i'm hellenic In Hellenistic astrology, we actually don't deal with any planets past Saturn. Um, So, like, I still talk about them, but all of the rulerships stop at Saturn. So, for me, Scorpio is ruled by Mars. In modern astrology, Scorpio is ruled by Pluto. Right. In Hellenistic astrology, you do not fuck with eclipses. Eclipses are not good. Okay, explain explain why. Like, why did they feel it wasn't... Think about it contextually, right? This mm-hmm. is pre-telescope. This is pre, like, any fundamental understanding of the universe. The sun has disappeared. Or right. the moon has disappeared. This is a very scary time. They were they were bad omens. So reading this, like, very cute little, oh, you launch a new project during a solar eclipse. For me, that's, like, no
1: (laughs) okay so now we have to get off of this book because now i have another question so how do you Uh reconcile that like yes people back in the day they believed a lot of things right because they didn't have an understanding okay so they went as far as they could go with it and that's awesome yes knowing that this information like knowing the actual reasons why things happen how do you reconcile and say okay i'm not going past saturn like, I'm not going to mess with eclipses. Like, that's just not a thing I'm going to do.
0: So for me, I pre- like, Let's talk about rulerships first. As far as mm. rulerships go, I prefer it because I think that there is an inherent um, duality in using those rulerships. Um, so, like, in modern astrology, Neptune, Uranus, Pluto all have their own planets, but Mercury still rules Virgo and Gemini, Venus still rules Taurus and Libra. So we're losing some of that duality. So in Hellenistic, it's the Sun and the Moon are Leo and Cancer, which is a matching pair, even though they're different planets. Then you have Mercury, Virgo, and Gemini, Venus, Taurus, and Libra, Mars, Aries, and Scorpio, Jupiter, Pisces, and Sagittarius, Saturn, Aquarius, and Capricorn.
1: Got it. Okay.
0: I like that built in duality personally. I like, I think it relates the signs better to each other, and it's something that's easier for me to understand. Not everybody does that, and that's totally okay. As far as eclipses go, I, it's sort of like when we talked about egregores, right, there is just so much historicity of eclipses being frightening, being bad omens, being negative energy, and I don't think, I don't think that I have the, the energetic clout to be like, nah, they're actually good they're actually good and I'm going to I'm going to use that. And like no shade on anybody who does. Like you you your beliefs are your beliefs. But for me, the fact that I know how impactful these were sort of prevents me from like tapping into the eclipses as good energy thing.
1: I actually feel maybe it's just because of who I am, but I feel like we don't have enough things in nature. We have enough things in nature to scare us, but I'm saying, you know, some things we've lost. Like, science yeah. just teaches us not to be afraid of things. We're afraid of the things that, like, logically you should be afraid of, right? That can poison yes. you. You know, that's not a crazy superstition. That is a fact. Like, this animal is poisonous. You touch it, you're going to die. Or this plant. Yeah. If you smell it, you're going to die. That's just a fact. But I kind of like the idea of, like, things that... Because, you know, we talk about putting energy into things. Like, why do certain, um, certain Sabbats work, right, for yeah. people, even if they're just starting out? And it's because you have, like, so many people putting energy into it that I think that there's still that energy of, this is really scary. Because anytime there's been a solar eclipse, like, people run, they want to see it. But at the same time, there's this feeling of, like, a feeling of dread that you have. And where does that come from? Our collective unconscious. There's something in us that I'm just trying to tie everything back. Look at this. That, you know, just brings it
0: back to like, yeah,
1: this is a deep fear that we have of things that, because it is scary. Even if it's cool and
0: we know what it is, there's something really weird about it. Yeah. And I think that there's, for me, I'm always trying to find ways to still be in awe of nature. Mm. And I think that's what eclipses do for me. It's like awe in the scary way, awe in the you know, concerned way, not like, oh, this is awesome. Like, I am in awe of this. And so I am going to respect it. I'm going to give it the space to be the main character of the moment, right? Like, I'm not going to come in and say, oh, an eclipse. I'm going to do a spell. I'm going to do this. Like, for me, it, it, again, for me, not for anybody else. If you do modern astrology, like, do what you got to do. Like, I, I, there's no shade here. Personal preference It feels selfish to try to cash in on eclipse energy when it is so clearly this like massive astrological, geological, you know, universal concept that is so not about me. I think the only thing that I can relate to this, I mean, obviously I see what you're saying,
1: but I'm just, remember when Halloween fell on a full moon? Yeah, and the gallons of moon water that every witch I know has now, yeah. self-included because of that, there was this and so many witches said the same thing like they didn't even want to gather with others like they wanted to be alone and it is that like, yeah. oh my god it's Samhain and it's the full moon and we're losing our shit right now like in a really good way, yeah. you know of being able to sit out there like so many of us wanted to be alone, like to just be in it, so yeah, I get that Um, She does give, though, one thing I like, she has survival guide for a solar eclipse and a lunar eclipse. And it's not buy all the toilet paper and Lysol. It's stuff like what you were saying, like for a solar eclipse, it's a restart, she says, cleanse your home and yourself, plant new seeds, up your self-care, journal, like things like that. And again, I get what you're saying, like, why should you do any of those things? But for people who
0: might want to, or who want to be more in touch, she gives you some things to do, Right. And I think some of them work regardless of whether you're, like, eclipse good or eclipse bad, right? Cleansing your home, great idea, Mm -hmm. especially if eclipse bad. If eclipse bad, we want to get rid of that energy. Right. Um, Upping your self-care, journaling, saying no to alcohol, those are great regardless of how you feel about eclipses, uh, solar eclipses in this context. Um, I thought what was interesting about the lunar eclipse was keep an even temper. And I was like, okay, okay. Like, I don't know. I just Yeah, well, the moon is your feelings. So it's sort of reminding you, hey, this eclipse is going to have a powerful effect on how you feel. Try to maintain some balance in that.
1: I still thought it was interesting. And of course, other things were keep a dream journal, meditate, get extra sleep, jot down a list of things you'd like to release. I thought those were all good if you want to do them. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And then she talks about nodes, which I'm so happy
1: about. Yeah, and I was just so going to ask you about. if you use this, the North Node-South Node thing. So a North Node I... is, represents what you've never done in this lifetime, and your South Node represents what you're bringing from your past here. So the South Node is like a springboard, she says, to learn in your North Node or to bring it to your North yes. Node or something like that. And I was like, okay, I've never heard you, or maybe I don't remember you hearing you talk about it, so I wanted to ask you like what you thought of that explanation and have you ever used them?
0: So I do not typically use them, um, but that is only because I am lazy and busy and I'm going to pull up my chart right now so I can see where my nodes are. I think her description is spot on. Oh, son of a bitch. Oh, God. Is this my chart? Okay. I found my nodes. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I think it's a great description of the nodes and I think she does a fantastic job of explaining how explaining them in a really digestible way. I just have to double check which one is north. North is is up and south is down. Yeah, okay. So this is the problem is I have them in my first house and my seventh house. Ah! Okay. Uh, so in, if I have my north node in the first house, uh, I have relied on others' opinions. Or have learned to see myself through the eyes of others for far too long. Yikes. We're really, mm, we're telling people the truth on this podcast. And then it is in Capricorn and Cancer. So I've spent a lot of time behind the scenes in the comfort of my own home. That's where I feel safe and secure. I'm here to focus on career, responsibility, and ambition. Gross. That's so funny. (laughs) It's especially funny because we just had a bunch of conversations about how I'm going to become a business bitch. Um, yeah. <laughs> you guys sense. are hearing me discover my nodes live in real time <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that I, that makes a ton of sense, honestly, to, be, to have my south node in Cancer and my north node in Capricorn makes a ton of sense if we look at it from the context of looking towards the future and bringing from the past because I think you know I I was about to say I don't know if this sounds egotistical I don't care I think I'm a very mothering person I don't know why I would be like oh that's egotistical to say on the podcast I think I've always had like a very nurturing energy and like yeah that would make sense to be bringing from past lives or past you know incarnations or or whatever the past energy coming in and now I have to be a business bitch Yeah. Damn. The universe moves in mysterious
1: ways and I fucking hate it. Yeah, that's been another um, thing we've been saying lately. A lot of things have been happening. We're like, well, this is weird. Um, Yeah, now I'm kind of curious what I'm bringing from my past. I'm convinced, well... Listen, every day that I wake up, I'm like, I don't understand why I have to go to work. Like, I don't understand why everything's just,
0: I don't just have everything. So something from my past is coming up where I'm just like, really? This is where I am now? Well, what we'll do after we finish recording is you can send me your chart and I will just destroy it. Okay, that sounds good. Sounds like a plan.
1: Yeah. Then we get to chapter five. Finally, in chapter five, retrograde real talk, she says. And she says a retrograde is just a way of the universe telling us to slow down, people, proceed with caution, make sure we're clear about what we're going to do before we embark upon it. And of course, she does talk about not just Mercury retrograde, but all the different um, planets. And one of the things I liked, and maybe it's because I'm an English teacher, is how to use retrogrades to your advantage. And she's like, put the re in front of things. So it's Mm reimagine, redo, reassess, reassign repeat so i thought that was kind of cool um as a way to just like remind yourself to just tell yourself so not only does she go through every planet but she also tells you like how often so like venus is every 18 months it lasts 40 to 43 days and i thought that was a lot like just
0: there's no way i'm going to remember all these different planets and all but whatever i thought it was really good It's one of those things where, like, you're gonna hear me say, oh, like, oh, Mars is in retrograde. And you can go back and be like, oh, what does the book say? You know? But here's one of the things Uh, that bothered
1: me about retrograde, okay? Yes, ma'am. Is, so she says, and I wrote it down, right? If Venus is in retrograde, don't start dating, and don't get married. So, Venus in retrograde is every 18 months and lasts for 40 to 43 days. Now, for anybody who's Try to plan a wedding. <laughs> I feel yeah. like, you know, it's it's hard enough just figuring out when do you, when can you guys take time off from work? When can people, if you're having people from out of town, when can they show up? Um, what venue do you want? Because especially if you live in a place that has a lot of seasons, or even if you don't have a lot of seasons, but like in Spain, there's definitely a time where it's like 100 degrees in the summer. You don't really want to get married then. You know, not really. Yeah. So you know you're looking at all these different factors if right now i want to get married because i have off from work my fiance has off from work my family can arrive but now venus is in retrograde you know what uh i'm still gonna get married like i feel like that's a bit much to like you know um don't get surgery so with if mars is in retrograde which is every 26 months and lasts for 10 weeks don't get surgery Okay, maybe, but maybe you need the surgery. I'm I'm getting the surgery.
0: And see, this is why I'm always like, it's good to know astrology, but like, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be relying on it. Like, I'm not going to not get surgery because of the planets. Like, yeah, maybe that means my recovery is going to be a little bit more difficult. Okay, I still, I still have to get surgery, like yeah no i completely agree with you i um am literally on <laughs> cafe astrology right now because i was pretty sure that mr gemini and i got married during venus retrograde but now i don't think we did um we definitely got married during mercury retrograde which is funny but because i remember looking at the charts for like the days we were picking to get married and being like uh, oh, what's like the least shitty chart to get married under <laughs> But, um, you know, I think it's also sort of one of those things where it's like, unless you're really, really passionate about astrology, why are you even looking? Right? Why are you even looking? Like, it, it, actually, this is – Conor and I were talking about birth charts on the podcast Um, And I was jokingly like, you know, I'm normally reading for adults. So when I read the things in their chart, they've already happened. I think modern astrology does a really good job with this, where it's like the best version of astrology for for like a normie, for a regular person who's not into astrology, is to look back, right, to look backwards and say, how did these, how could these planets have affected the actions that I took, right? How could these planets have related to X, Y, and Z? Um, Because if you don't know a lot about astrology, and you're constantly checking the charts, it it can be really overwhelming, it can be really frustrating. And sometimes you're going to interpret things in a way that's like not constructive, right? Like if I look at a Venus retrograde and go, oh, well, I can't have surgery this day, that's not constructive. But if I look back, and say, oh, well, there was a Venus retrograde when I had, you know, my foot surgery, and maybe that's why it took me a while to heal, or maybe that's why I was so uncut. Like, that's the kind of thing where I think it's more useful. Um, I loved when she talked about using, like, the re for retrograde, because I think that if we're, if we're treating astrology as something I look back on, okay, well, if you know a retrograde's coming, then you just need to be slow, Because you know this is something that you could look back on to have an effect on your life. Right. But it shouldn't mean like, oh, okay, I'm only going to make choices that align with the retrograde. Like, unless you're an astrology expert, you don't know. Like, she later in the book talks about aspects. A bad aspect is going to change the way even a a really positive planet and sign combination works you might have a mercury retrograde or a venus retrograde but a really really good aspect so if you if you're never gonna if you're like i don't care about astrology that much that i'm gonna learn everything don't worry that much don't worry that much don't plan your life around it unless it's something that is worth planning your life around right yeah i agree with that
1: and, of course, that is the next chapter, understanding the aspects. Oh,
0: perfect. <laughs>
1: which is basically just I how I loved
0: the... this chapter.
1: Okay. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about it, what you thought. It So, basically, just an aspect is the way the planets communicate with each other. So, yes. wh- why did you love this chapter? What was it about this chapter that you thought, like, this was done really well? And I also wanted I you find... to explain something, but... Yes. No, go, no, go, ex- go d- do your thing, and then I'll, I'll tell you. Maybe you'll explain it okay. in the, the thing.
0: I find that aspects are difficult <laughs> for a lot of people. Um, I think that like the book kind of levels up appropriately, right? You start with your planets and your elements and that sort of stuff. Then you go into that. Then you go into the houses. Then you go into, you know, okay, eclipses, retrogrades. Now we're getting into the math part of astrology, right? The, the hard part, the aspects, It's really, it's a really digestible book. This book is really easy to read. You know, do I think it's like, again, it's not deep. It's, it's like the baseline, but it's a good baseline. It's a solid baseline to be like, oh, I kind of understand what a conjunction is. I kind of understand what a sextile is. And for most people, that's more than you need. Knowing what these are for me is a big one. Like the idea that somebody could look at me and be like, I think this is a sextile. Boom, you're a genius.
1: Yeah, I just wrote down that I thought this was the most complicated section. And maybe it's because I'm not really planning on getting into this. So when she started talking about stelliums yeah, and, you know, I was just like, okay. Yeah, I
0: like that she's got little, like, charts in each section. So it's like, okay, well, if you, you can see what each sign is square with or what each sign could be trine with, that's super useful. Especially like math is hard. The math is hard. If you're going to get into astrology, this is the, this is a great start because it's so much more complicated to actually do. Well, again, I suck at math. So if you're good at math, like maybe, but for me, it was so much more complicated to be like, okay, well, this degree and this angle and like, it's a lot. It's a lot. After that, she talks about asteroids and Chiron.
1: Is that how you say Chiron? Chiron. Chiron um so a chiron is an asteroid that orbits our solar system somewhere between liberated uranus and uptight saturn that was what she said those are correct descriptions (laughs) and you know this is coming from the book i didn't say that and i was like again these are things that when i've heard you talk about people's charts i've never heard you talk about asteroids or anything like that so do you use them are they are they in somebody's chart
0: yeah um So first of all, depends on where you get your birth chart, right? Not all chart generators are going to include the asteroids. They're like, they're like sprinkles on the cupcake. Um, A lot of people are really into Chiron now because it's like the wounded healer. So it's, you know, they talk about like, oh, where is your wound? What is the thing you're going to heal? But it's, you know, asteroids are just extras. I looked at the um, Juno asteroid when I was figuring out when I was going to get married because Juno is... Hera so for me that was sort of important but for most people an asteroid is not again it's a sprinkle it's fun to learn about it's not like necessary
1: okay
0: chapter eight is all about
1: the moon wisdom the moon phases and the moon in each sign the new moon in each sign yes which I think we we always talk about that right you see it not just us but I mean everybody right the internet goes crazy it's like
0: it's the new moon in blank you know and yeah so i didn't need this chapter um honestly like the page <laughs> the page where she's like new moon new you that's great i don't need a moon phases chapter in an astrology book it, it that's not super relevant to the birth chart situation mm-hmm. so um but i get it i don't think you can publish a witch book anymore without including information about the moon i think it's like a legal requirement at this point but it's technically not a witch book that's fair that's true yeah that's true rachel stewart haas astrologer in time
1: yeah but you know i I think that it's you're hitting on something i think that we're just more aware even non-witches because witches have been out there going oh it's the new moon and that people are now aware of it because i see people that are not witches Talking about what they're doing in the new moon in Aries, let's say, you know, and it's like, okay, when did you start worrying about that? So I think it's just smart to put it in there because people are curious when they hear that. What does that even mean? You know, am I supposed to be doing something with that? You know, if you're not a witch or something. So I think it's just, I think it's good that she put it in there, honestly. Yeah. And then after that, she just has tips and tricks to take your practice further. That's really the entirety of the book. It's how many pages? And it's a cute little book. Yeah, it's like 120. Oh, like 100 yeah. Uh
0: the acknowledgments start at 149. Oh, okay. So it's cute. It's a cute little book. It's a great resource. It's something that I would keep in my witchy library. Um it's something that I would lend to friends. You know, it this is a this is a fantastic starter astrology text.
1: Yeah. I did not know what it was going to be because I just kind of ordered it from Catland Books. Because I saw the cover, and I was like, yes, please. And then when I got it, I was like, oh, but we did an astrology book. But I was, like, committed at that point. I was like, we're doing the book. Yeah. And then when I read it, I said, oh, my God. Like, I feel like I know something. Like, I'm not knocking the Arroyo book because it's a good book. We talked about it. But I didn't feel at the end of that book, like, I knew something. I don't feel like I'm an Mm -hmm. astrologer now, but I definitely didn't feel – I felt after reading his book, like I had a conversation with you. Like, here's somebody who's very knowledgeable. They know all this stuff. They told me some yeah. stuff about it. And I have no idea what they just told me. With this person, I'm like, oh, I could tell you some, like, really basic baby things about it, but I kind of don't feel yeah. as lost now when people say things. So, And
0: I think that's the difference. I think, like, if you come to me and you're like, I want to understand astrology, I'm going to suggest you read Stephen Arroyo. If you come to me and you're like, I kind of, I like, I like astrology okay, you should read Rachel Stewart Haas. This book is great. Yeah. Um, it's, there's, and that's, you know, that's why we end up with a hundred different astrology books because they're all written to different levels. Um, and to different interests. And you should read, exactly. You should read the one that aligns with you. You shouldn't feel like, you know, Gemini said read Stephen Arroyo, so now you have to read Stephen Arroyo. Except if you're me, I had to read Stephen Arroyo. That's
1: separate? <laughs> that's a separate problem. you decided to start a podcast with me <laughs> but that's the thing it's like i'm so glad that the title made me get it and again i got it simply yeah. because whenever you tell me you know mercury retrograde i'm like i don't care about mercury record retrograde i'm doing my own thing and you're like how could you not care yeah. it's a
0: thing and i'm like it's not a thing i don't care so when i saw it that al- I'm it like, always hits me so fucking hard yeah it it's does. always <laughs> like i mercury retrograde and i like blow up tires i pop tires i lose things is my are the planets bad? Are the planets
1: bad right now? I,
0: I think, think the planets are probably no. bad right now.
1: I don't think I don't think we're in retrograde I'm, right
0: now. Oh no, actually nothing's retrograde. That's the annoying you. part. It's just you. It's just me. But but you know, even though I bought it just thinking
1: okay this is going to be funny. I'm going to read all about Mercury retrograde. She sucked me in. So again, if you're somebody who's like I don't know that I'm yeah. really interested that much, yeah, you are. Like this was a fun read. Like I I felt like I I gained some knowledge. You know, I'm not gonna go to the next step with it that I know of that I can think of off the bat but yeah I think it's a lot of fun so even for people who are like I think I'm interested I don't know if I'm interested this is a less scary book to get your feet wet when it comes to astrology absolutely you know and then you can move on to other books but yeah fantastic book I would read anything else that she wrote if she wrote something else on astrology or anything I'd pick it up I like the way she writes like you said it's like a conversation it's just a friend talking to you and it's it's fun yeah
0: a friend who understands that you don't get astrology and explains it to you in an easy way, not yeah. in the way that I do it where I just go, oh, oh, my God, this is so cool. Yeah. No, no, I got you. I'll explain it. Just a sec. <laughs> yeah. Like that. Just like that. <laughs> no, it really is. Like, I'm the worst person to have your birth chart read by because I read for me first. Yeah. So I'm reading it and I'm like, oh, this is fun. That's so interesting. Oh, I love that for you. And you're like, what the fuck are you saying? Like, yeah. What, what, Gemini. Um. So I'm sorry to everybody that I've read for because – that's just who I am and I'm not changing it. <laughs> well, first of all, I kind of like it because I feel like if there was
1: something really horrible, you would comment on it before you even said it. So it gives you also time to prepare, like for whatever it is. Or yeah. Like If you say, ooh, ah, hmm, then you're like, oh, I can't mm-hmm. wait to hear what the ooh, ah, uh, hmm is, you know? So it gives you something to look forward to. I like
0: it. So don't change it. It's perfect. I'm not going to, but that's because I'm lazy, so. Yeah. I'm too old at this point to change fundamental parts of my personality. <laughs> That's
1: right. She's 85 now. She was 81 for a long time. Now she's 85.
0: I th- See, why do people say that? I was getting older by y- every year. I was 81 and then I was 82 and then I was 83 and then I was 84 and now I'm 85. And actually I did. So, did we talk about this on the podcast? I just told my students how old I was. I, I
1: do know if don't you
0: know. talked about it on the podcast. I mean, you told me. Yeah. You just told I just them. did. Yeah. Yeah. I just, they, they were being, they were being so annoying one day and I just finally was like, this is this is my age. And then they were like, she's still lying. I'm like, I'm a Gemini. I mean, you should never trust me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. I lie about fun little stuff. Like, what did you have for lunch? Oh, I had pizza. I didn't have pizza. I had something else. How old are you? 85. Wait, why would you tell somebody you had pizza if you didn't have pizza? Like, that's not even, like, important. Because sometimes uh, one – I like to lie for convenience. So, like, if I have a weird lunch that I don't want to explain to somebody, i be like, oh, I had pizza. I just ran out and got some pizza. Um, but also, sometimes it's just fun. You just want to, like, you know, throw a little lie sprinkle. That's that's going to be my new thing.
1: That's going to be my a thing A lie sprinkle? A lie sprinkle. I'm going to try to spread a lie sprinkle a day. I think that's a great idea. It's super fun. This is very toxic, but it is
0: super fun. <laughs>
1: I mean, because it's not hurting anybody. So next time, like I go on a Monday and someone's like, oh, what'd you do this weekend? Went on a picnic. Yeah. You just lie. I love this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the, the best part, the the goal of the lie sprinkle yeah, what is, is the point? to eventually not be lying. Okay, explain that. Right. So like you, you sprinkle. It. So like let's say you you're like, oh, what did you do this weekend? I went on a picnic. Okay, well, that's gonna get in your head now. You're gonna go on a picnic. You know, like, oh, I said to people, oh, I I went on a picnic. Well, now I'm thinking, "Mm, maybe I want to go on a picnic. Maybe I'll go on a picnic someday. Or like, oh, what did you do this weekend? Oh, I went for a hike. You know what? A hike does sound really good. Let's, I'm going to go for a hike. Live sprinkles are just secretly motivating you to do interesting stuff. Okay, I will tell you this. That's not going to work on me. I will tell people, if
1: you want, we can do a little test. I will tell people I went on a picnic. Well... Let's see how the weather holds up because the weather in the lower Hudson Valley has been like, it's 80, it's 50. It's, you know, it's, you don't know what it's going to be. So depending on the weather, I will say things like I went on a hike because you can still go hiking now. Uh, There's no snow. Or I, these are two things that I would never do. I will never go on a picnic. I will never go for a hike. Oh, I know how to fix
0: that. So. No, I'm not doing it ever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What if baby bat really wants to go on a hike?
1: That's different. When they tell me they want to go on a hike, but that doesn't count.
0: That doesn't count. That's different. How does it not count? Doesn't count. All right, we'll see. It works for me because I can't okay, trick you, myself. You can't be telling them <laughs> to tell me that they want me to go on a hike with them.
1: Like, it's got to come Oh, from I don't them. have
0: to because they just want to walk. That's true. They just, that's all they want to do. Yeah, but right they, they now, they just want to
1: move. They're not hiking. I could do a hike right now at the level that they're at right now. They're not going. I'm, oh, 100%. You know, so yeah, yeah. Now, yeah now I'm going a hike.
0: That's not a hike. That's a walk. I like to go walking. Shh. It's it's a walk in the forest. It's a hike. Okay. There's it's, levels. It's a hike. Maybe, Nobody
1: can see my hand going up and down. Maybe somebody <laughs> needs to explain what a hike is to me because I'm from the city, okay? A hike to me means I am going uphill somewhere. Like up on top of a, not a mountain. I'm not going on like a Sorry, mountain. Sorry, yeah, climb, I mean...
0: um. What's a hike like a British hike, not an American hike? A walk in nature.
1: Oh, I'll do that. Oh, I do that. No,
0: yeah, not not like an Appalachian trail vibe. No, like a walk, but like where there's like you know the the footing is a little precarious every once in a while.
1: How precarious? Because let me tell you something. I'm not falling. I'm not breaking my nails. So the hike has to be. Okay, that's not a thing.
0: Not not precarious enough that you're going to fall and break a nail, but precarious enough that you're going to be like, I got to step over a log. Oh. Careful of this rock. It's a little it's a little soft.
1: Okay, so I'm going to take that back. If that's what a hike is. See, in my mind, and I can't tell you how many
0: yeah, people like Yeah, you were thinking like, a real hike. That's fair.
1: People have said to me, "You want to go for a hike?" And I'm like, "Ew, like no, I don't want to do that. Why would I want to yeah. do that?" You know? But like I love taking the dog like, to the parks, and we go all through the parks. And yeah. There's a part that there's, like, a lake, and we like to go around the lake. Like, I-, I love that. But I didn't consider that a hike. That's just me walking in
0: nature. I'm going for a walk. It might not be a hike, but I'm going to call it a hike. That's what I always called a hike. Oh, okay. Then that's different. But a picnic? Now. I call that a hike, and then, like, if you're going, if you're, like, hiking, like, capital H, that's backpacking, because you have to wear a backpack. Okay. But this is, that's... I don't think these are real definitions. I think this is just the way that my brain works.
1: <laughs> yeah. Picnics are something else though. Cause there's like critters on the grass.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: I don't, I don't know.
0: Yeah. I, well, I hate bugs, so I'm talking a lot of shit for a person who's like also not going to go on a picnic. Probably.
1: I think that I have said, ew, more times living in, in the suburbs, than I ever did, like, because there are roaches. Do you not in the have city. bugs in the city? Roaches and flies. I've never had anything else. And roaches are. I in...
0: have a lot of bugs, not like in my
1: house, but like around. There's nothing outside. There's flies outside. There might be a bee, but not a lot of bees. And the roaches come out usually in the spring. By the time the weather gets warm. Um, the big ones that fly. So if it's really wet out, like if you have a really rainy summer, you're going to get these water bugs. They just come in. It's disgusting. If you have a dry summer. I hate this. We have to them. talk about something else. Okay. Nope. So anyway, nope. so, no, nope. but like <laughs> I said, I said, ew today. So today, before we record it, I said to my little boy Is it another
0: bug thing? No, we, I can't. I, no,
1: uh-uh. but this is okay, what I'm good. telling you. My, the level of ew for me. So we went for this walk and there's a white cat In my neighborhood that the owner like let's like you know he just walks around and then he goes back home yeah i don't know if it's the markings like he's a white cat but he has some brown i don't know if it's the marking on his face or if it's his face but i find it disturbing and every time i see this cat i always go ew Ew, let's just keep going. And I know people hear me as I'm walking. the all just going, ew, You're terrible. The cat. ew, ew. And this time he decided to follow us. And I'm like, dude, I'm literally going to throw up. What is wrong with your face? And I really don't know if there's anything wrong with his face. But there's something it just looks like it looks like <laughs> <laughs> it looks like somebody went in and like pinched it like in the tip, like where the nose is. And then like when they let go, like Picasso ish. I don't know. Again, it could be the spots. It could just be the markings. But I, I don't want to stare at it too much this to is, see. This is insane. Okay. Well, ew. It's a little crazy. <laughs> He's in my neighborhood. I don't like him. This poor cat. <laughs> I know. I, I need somebody to look at him and tell me if it's markings because then I can look at him and then this ew will go away. But right now it's just like I see this cat. I'm like, Got oh it. my God. It's, I get it. I get it.
0: That makes sense, actually. Yeah. Which is a terrible thing to say. Because I have students who have like that, um, the the phobia of like the little holes. Yeah. I don't remember the name of it, but that so like if I have to show something that looks like that, I have to tell them first. I have to be like, hey, this is going to have weird holes in it. You might want to look away. So it's like that's giving that actually. It's crazy, but it's less crazy.
1: You know, it kind of depends with me with the little holes. I mean, are there little eyeballs in it? So I have a thing with eyes not being
0: where they're supposed to be. Yeah, You have mentioned this to me, which is funny because I have a tattoo of eyes where they're not supposed to be. I've seen that tattoo though. Have you ever? Yes. I was gonna say, have to you me. ever
1: looked at it? Yes. I've looked I've glanced at it. I don't really actually look at it. <laughs> you showed it's me and I was so like cute. oh, it's, It is. I was like, Oh it's really don't show it to me now. No, I have seen it. I've not, I'm not. No, it yeah. is cute. It's just, you know, it's 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 okay, it's a tattoo. It's not like actual eyes. Like so I Got go it. to this tavern that I really like. Food is amazing. The vibe, they have so many different things going on. It looks like a nineteen thirties horror film inside. It's beautiful, right? They have two bathrooms. One of them, they just put googly eyes all over the walls. Can I tell you, I had the hardest time peeing. I imagine
0: that's a problem, yeah.
1: And then, like, I'm washing my hands, trying not to look at anything. I missed where the paper was. I didn't know where the paper was to dry my hands. I just walked out, and I'm just, like, flapping my hands. And my friends are like, what are you doing? Like, there's paper inside. I'm like, well, you go in and get it for me, because I am done with that bathroom. So Mm -hmm. now I only use the other one. Like, I won't, no i'm not doing it
0: and you know what i think uh we should definitely recommend this book to our listeners in case they have other weird shit that they do that they would like to figure out where in their chart it's related to because i don't know where the eyeball problem is for you but i'm going to find out once we're done recording and once we find out we will post it on instagram oh hell yeah yeah so i'm not going to give your full chart but i'll give some information
1: I mean, you know, and this is just, we always talk about, you can reach out to us by emailing us, whichspaceco at gmail.com or our Instagram, whichspaceco. But I just want to say like one little thing about Instagram, okay? We do giveaways. We've said this before. Yes. We do giveaways. We answer questions like we'll tell you guys, oh, tell us something that you want us to say, like people respond, like, you know, they'll, they'll ask us the question and then we answer. We don't always answer on the podcast. We answer on Instagram yeah so you know i know i'm guilty of this i listen to different things and i don't follow them but if you want more stuff we don't post a lot we post stuff in our stories you don't have to check it all the time but i recommend following us on instagram because there's stuff on there
0: i'm gonna say you should probably be following us on instagram no later than december 31st 2023 um you know and and we'll go from there
1: yeah we always have giveaways. We always have good giveaways for the Year's surprise, yeah. Among
0: other things. Yeah. All right. This is a great book. Shout out to Catland for just having cool books that Scorpio wanted to buy. Because I don't know that we would have read this otherwise. Yeah. If, if you're not following Catland on Instagram,
1: I recommend you do that as well. Because they post a lot of books. I get a lot of ideas just yeah. seeing their posts um and they're just a great resource they're great people they're fun they have classes online all their classes are online so people who are looking for different things check out their events thing um we love them they don't know who we are but we do love them (laughs) they have no idea who we are (laughs) they have no idea yeah they don't know we exist so this is not a plug that we're getting paid for like they have no clue who we are but we love them and again it's about supporting small businesses especially small which businesses and during these yeah. crazy times, LGBTQIA plus small businesses. So yes,
0: follow, shop. It's Catland Books. Yeah, and of course, keep reaching out to us. We love hearing from you. You got the plug before email or Instagram. If you see us in public, say hi. Um, I that's that's basically it. I'm trying to think of like other ways to contact us. Those are the ways to contact us. <laughs> Thank you to Conwin Moore for our amazing intro and outro music. And remember, if you're following the moons, you're following us.